Hello, welcome to Spirit Life with Clive. Season 3, Strength Through Stability, Episode 4, Bon Appetit. We've been talking about building our spiritual house and how that the attitudes that we develop are part of the furnishings of, the, of that house. You might say today we're in the dining room because we're talking about our appetite. Uh, that, that phrase, bon appetit, means uh, in a more crude way, dig in, <laughs> uh, have at it, enjoy your meal. So I want to help us learn how to be spiritually hungry and be fulfilled with our, the right attitude. Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Righteousness is to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to always want God's divine order in our lives. It's the heart that cries, Jesus, let your will be done. With every breath that's in me, let your spirit flow through me. Let me always desire what you desire. And when you put it in these terms, it's pretty obvious that we will be tempted to trade in this attitude. And Satan will stop at nothing. He'll bombard us with all kinds of mental distractions trying to mess this attitude up. If he can derail this attitude of pure goodness, he will totally sabotage everything God has planned for us in that day. And he will amplify the difficulties of life. He'll try to make us worry. He'll dangle the pursuit of of success and um, our to-do lists or our want for material things in front of us and try to distract us from God's purposes. Or he will appeal to the desire to be comfortable and constantly entertained by whispering soothing, selfish thoughts to us, saying, it's okay, you deserve this. Just one more of this or that or whatever the indulgence is. He tries to get us to stay at it a little longer until before you know it, God's plan has been aborted. It's so important for us in this day and age when we hold devices in our hands a lot of the the hours of the day or we have computers in front of us or some kind of screen that's wanting to. The devil's wanting us to be constantly distracted and not be focused on the righteousness of God and his will being done. So it's important for that we develop this attitude that Lord, I want to hunger and thirst after this righteousness. You know, when you're hungry and you're thirsty, there's not anything else going to work out until you take in something to drink and something to eat. You can try, you know, to get distracted, but it's not going to meet the needs of the body until you take in that sustenance. Well, there's some spiritual truth there. God wants us to be fulfilled spiritually to the point that our lives are rich and we are given the fulfillment and desires that 
cause us to to feel the blessings of God and experience his glory and power. It's just an attitude, you say. Well, yes, that's right. But Jesus did make it clear that having these attitudes would help us to be able to withstand the storms of life. And we must maintain this kind of atmosphere in our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And when we determine to do that, the course of our life will be filled with purpose from Him. You know, the core of this attitude is all about desire. It, it reaches to the very motive and the driving force behind each activity. And when the heart belongs to Jesus, there's an innermost hunger that will not be satisfied until God's righteousness is flowing from our hearts and our minds and our actions. It's kind of like stepping back out of the way as a rushing stream sweeps through the gully and washes away all of the dry, prideful efforts of the old life, the old way of doing things, the old nature. And this stream that flows with anointing and grace, it brings its own power to accomplish the task. And whether it be responding to a cantankerous person or performing an act of service that you might not have the talent or ability to do or may not have the will to do, or standing still in the midst of a raging storm and being quiet, whatever it is that you need to do that promotes the righteousness of God, the Holy Spirit is there with the ability and the power to use you in magnificent ways that will cause even you to marvel at who he is. You know, the Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. He said, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And Jesus set us the perfect example in this way in John chapter 4 there's a story that's told about how he took a trip one day and he needed to go through Samaria and it was a place Samaria was a place that was considered unworthy for any full-blooded Jew to go through and they would often just take an alternate route around it even though it was on the way to where they were going, they would go around it, but Jesus purposely chose to ignore the route that the prejudiced Jews would take, and he went straight to the well that was outside of the city of Sychar in Samaria. And he met a woman there who was an outcast of society. She'd been rejected many times, and he could have ignored her, but he purposefully spoke into her life and began to witness to her about who he was and what he could do and how that he could give her water that would be like a river causing her to never thirst again. She went away from that experience 
so excited and amazed and transformed that she told the whole town, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Jesus really didn't tell her everything she'd ever done, but he told her who she was from a God's perspective and because he, he knows all, he knew all. And he was able to speak into her life and present the river of living water that would cause her to never thirst again. She met the source of life there. You see, Jesus was hungering and thirsting after righteousness because it goes on to tell that as they ended the conversation, the disciples came up and they tried to get Jesus to eat. They had went into town. They had went through the drive-thru and got him a, a meal and brought it back. And he looked at them and he said, I have food that you don't know about. My meat is to do the will of the Father. Kind of an, a strange thing to say. He didn't have any food. But yet, what was he talking about? Well, he was so consumed with doing the will of God, hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of God, that he found it to be more fulfilling to do God's will than to partake of physical sustenance. I don't know about you, but I'm not quite there, at least not on most days. I want to do God's will, but I'd be a liar if I said that every time a desire arose, I put it after God's will. That's just being honest. The answer, though, that we need to see here, not to be overwhelmed with the thought that we have to work something up in ourselves or have some kind of self-help program. No, it's not human effort that will accomplish this attitude, but it's just the opposite. It's found in surrender. The secret is to let go and to let God. It's stepping back from trying to control. We see sometimes unrighteousness around us and we want things to be righteous. But it's more about allowing God to flow through us than us taking control. It's never about us taking control of the situation. But it's about letting God have control of us. Stepping back and letting the stream flow. Dying to yourself. Being crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, Paul said. So we understand through this that when we surrender and let God, because we hunger and thirst, we let God flow through us and then he fulfills. He says, I will fill them. They shall be filled. And you are fulfilled when the righteousness of God flows through you to others. To those that you live with, that you walk with every day. When the righteousness of God is there, there will be a peace and a comfort and an anointing to do the things you thought you couldn't do. To, to have the answer when you really didn't know how
how, but through the Holy Spirit, it, He brought the Scripture to your mind or spoke to you the words of wisdom that you needed to have. Allowing the righteousness of God to have the free reign and to be the the way that we choose to go after, we pursue it. Having that will cause us, that attitude will cause us to work on a level that we never thought possible. But it's by letting go and letting God have the control over the situation, the circumstances, realizing that we have to refer back to that first beatitude of spiritual bankruptcy that says, God, you are my righteousness. Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I'm not righteous. In me doesn't dwell any good thing, but in you there is good. And you can work through me. You can flow through me, Jesus, in this moment. And the righteousness of God moves in and causes us to do things we thought we couldn't do, to speak or be quiet when we need to, to be quiet, and to flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that's letting Jesus live big in us. We can't take any credit for it. And he gets the glory, just like Paul said, that the excellence of his power may be of God and not of man. Bon appetit.